Hi, I'm Pastor Daniel, and welcome to H Church Podcast. To get connected, visit our website, hchurch.co.za, or send us a WhatsApp on 076-032-3664. Say hi, and we will connect with you. Our full services can be found on our YouTube channel, but enjoy listening to the sermon. Well, a very good morning, church. Hello, how's everyone doing? Why don't you turn to your neighbor, tell them they, they look amazing this morning. And the person that you didn't turn to... Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> you can sort that out later. Uh, it's good to see everyone. It's good to see faces that, that, that have been away for a long time. Leander and I um, were able to go away last week, and it was really special to be away. But it is good to be home and to be with everyone. And I'm really am excited for what's coming up in, in our series. And that's why we intentionally um, spoke into tonight. You heard what I said. We are speaking into this very heart of our kids. Uh, we know them mandate that God has placed on our, on our house regarding this area. We know that God has called us to look after the next generation. You know, Christianity is just one generation away from, from dying out. And so we know what God has called us to do. And so I encourage you, you heard what I said, even if you've never served in this area, come join. We love our little people and what God's going to do. And it ties in so well with our series that we're in, speaking about uncomplicated family. And today's title so the message and why I want to start just so that you hear it, it's, it's called No Perfect Parent. No Perfect Parents, No Perfect Family. Let me just say, if you think your family is perfect, yeah, I'll leave it at that because you are the problem then in this situation. There is no such thing as a perfect family. So that means there's no perfect parents. When you have a kid, they don't give you a manual and say, for this child, operate like this. It doesn't work like that. You have to navigate and figure it out. I'm only three years into it, and I'm so confused already. So please... And I'm starting on this point because the discussion that we're having with Dr. Jean today, and I'm going to introduce you in a moment to her, is really is unpacking this whole thing about family. And we, we put it out to you as a congregation, and we said, like, give us some questions. We were inundated. Oh, my gosh. And I, I'm just going to say this up front. We cannot answer every question that came in. Uh, I'd love to, but it's not because we feel like it's even the time, but you would be here for a long time. But more the fact is that some of the questions that came through They really aren't, it's just not a cookie-cut answer. It's just, this is it, apply like that. It doesn't work like that. And some of the questions that we got in, we were like, we really felt that that needs to be unpacked a little bit more, one-on-one. It's very, and we also don't know the the dynamic, what's happening in that situation. So we're catering to a large crowd. So we're going to be talking about principles when it comes to parenting. But where we're starting is really important to share. Today's foundation, my paradigm, where Jen and I are going to speak from, more Jen, I am not preaching, where we're going to speak from is from the paradigm and the foundation of what is God's view. What is his view? You see, because he was the one that designed family. So let's let him actually define it to us. He designed what it looks like. He designed parenting. So let's look at what he says. Matthew 6.33, our anchor verse. That's where we, our paradigm, where we are starting from, is looking at we're seeking first the kingdom of God. We're seeking God's way when it comes to this area. And Ephesians 4, Paul talks about how we are called to equip the saints. Can I tell you, this is applicable to all of us. That's not because we are speaking into discipling us. It's about discipleship, bringing in the God aspect in that. And you might be saying, well, I don't have a kid. 
I can tell you now, you know of a family who has a child. You connected with someone. There's always, you might be the grandparent. You might be uh, the uncle or the auntie. Or you, This is so applicable. You might not even have children yet, but can I tell you, if you can get these little seeds planted now, trust me. I will then be able to say that as a church, we we were equipping well families because the enemy wants to destroy family units. That is his goal. That's his mandate to destroy families because you can destroy a family, you can destroy a community, and it just goes on and on and on. But I'm not preaching. (laughs) I'm excited. So I'm going to invite up Dr. Jane onto stage. So each church, come on, let's give a warm welcome as we go into this conversation. Good morning. <laughs> hey, Jen. Thank you. Come take a seat. So oh. we're going to get to know Jen a little bit. Um, and just, you know, we have a way of getting to know our guests yeah. as much as they do not like what I do to them. Um, but, <laughs> it's very intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> but just a little bit about Jen. Jen is married to, to Ricky. Um, that she has three boys. Um, and together with her husband, they are leading um, Bridge Church in Port Alfred. It's an Assemblies of God, so it's one of, like, our church. It's a sister church of us. We are part of the same denomination. In actual fact, on Tuesday, we're all going to be together for our our annual group conference. Very exciting. um, Where we get (laughs) to just be with each other. Um, And so we have a good relationship. But Jenny's also a qualified um, educational psychologist, got a doctorate in that. And so her passion is to speak into this very thing of family, Mm -hmm. family dynamics, Um, speaking in helping teachers, helping um, how do we approach this topic of kids and parenting and the dynamics of what they face. Um, so that's a little bit of that. Jen, she's been running a practice since 2010, yeah. so she's got quite a lot of experience in this area. But we're going to get to know a little bit more. Jen, grab the five questions. I'm ready. Okay. You ready for this? I'm ready. Bring it on. Okay. The longest you've gone without showering? I think could be about a week. Oh, my shatteredness. It's longer okay, than to me. To clarify, <laughs> I was on a mission trip in the middle of Zambia. There was no running water. And wet wipes just don't do the job properly. <laughs> <laughs> if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you want to live? Oh, in Italy. Oh. Pasta, fresh vegetables, fruit, those cool little cobblestone. Yes. <laughs> and the language. <laughs> Not that I understand it, but it sounds beautiful. <laughs> if your cell phone could speak, oh, God what yeah. would it say that you were addicted to? As you can see, I'm changing the questions from the first session. <laughs> to looking at my photos... I love oh, okay, looking at my boys, cute. yeah. Okay, that's fine. Is that fine? <laughs> I'm like, I was expecting like TikTok or... <laughs> oh, no. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a very boring cell phone. <laughs> um, have you ever been late for a flight? Maybe. On Thursday. We nearly, we nearly didn't have Jen. <laughs> <laughs> nearly didn't make the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. What do you do for fun? You know, I got asked this in the first one, and I still don't have an answer. <laughs> but your answer in the first one is good. I, I'm a mom of three boys. <laughs> and tell me the There's ages. There's no time for tell fun. Tell me the ages, please. <laughs> um, eight, six, turning seven at the end of the year, and five. Yes, they are three years apart. I had there were three under three when they were all under three. <laughs> this is why she's adopting <laughs> educational stuff. Um, what piece of clothing can you not live without? 
Uh, my really comfortable sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite family comfy. tradition that you have? Christmas lunch. Oh. Beautiful. Everyone together, extended family, yep, that's... And last one, if you had a warning label, what would yours say about you? I might forget. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let probably. me remind you of the one that you said I'm in the first sure service. I'm pretty sure that was the one. No, you... Oh, yeah, that was it. That Sorry. was the one. Hey, I didn't forget. No, wait. Do you know why? Because it was linked. Oh, <laughs> if yes, you were yes, arrested, yes. that was the question next. Oh, yes. Why arrested. would you be arrested without explanation? Because oh. <laughs> it links to this one. If I got arrested without explanation, what would my family think? Um, that I might have been shoplifting. And it's just because I'm so forgetful. I just live in my world that there's been times I've like had stuff in my hands, walked out the shop to greet somebody, or, and they've had to come running after me like, man, man, you haven't paid. <laughs> I'm actually probably lucky I haven't been arrested. <laughs> uh, that's a good excuse, Ben. Good one. <laughs> anyway. I always go back and pay. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, we got in a lot of questions. Like I said, um, we sent all of the questions to Jen. Um, we, we do respect her, her knowledge of what she's done and the, the, what she's studying and that. And, um, but also her perspective of um, leading church with her husband, Ricky, brings a pastoral aspect into this. And that's why there was such a strong draw and connection that we had with each other to be able to do this conversation. Um, because, yes, you're speaking from a professional perspective, but there was also our very Matthew 633. Yeah. We're seeking God as well yeah. in this conversation. And, and so you saw the questions, lots of them. Um, and yeah, you, there was an overwhelming response that came into question. The first one is about, help me. I'm struggling with guilt. Mm. Guilt in my parenting, guilt in how I've treated a child, guilt in that I haven't done enough, this sense of, of, of abandonment, um, breakdown in relationships, single parenting, um, this, and it just went on and on. Yeah, I just yeah. don't have enough time. Yeah. My husband and I, we both have to work, or I'm a single mom. I have to keep up with everything. Mm-hmm. The amount of schoolwork that children get, I, yes. I just no. I feel guilty. Help me. What would you say to our parents? So um, this, is, this is a really deep question, um, and I think when we talk about guilt, and especially parent guilt, we actually probably need to rephrase it. Um, guilt is when you feel bad about something you've done, but when we speak about parent guilt, the overwhelming feeling is something that you are, mm. and most often that guilt is, I am, and finish mm. that sentence. Mm. I am not good enough. I'm such a bad parent. And the word for that is shame. Yeah. We're actually dealing with shame. Um, this inherent feeling that there is something wrong with who I am. And that's why I cannot perform at the standard or, or whatever it is that I'm looking to, to be um, within this relationship. Um, and so I think what's really important is that we just need to, we, we need to recognize what it is. It is this deep level of shame, and shame causes us to hide away, to hide ourselves, to, to try and cover up with whatever we can uh, to, to make ourselves feel better in the moment. Um, and the reality is, is, when we recognize what it is, we can just come to this place of, of being open and honest, yeah, and I love the yeah. title of today, um, No Perfect Parent, when we can come to that honesty that I am a broken human being, yep. I have limitations and I am imperfect yeah. um, 
But praise God, he loves me as I am. <laughs> and yet he still chose Amen. me to be a parent to this, this little person. Um, and so I think just to recognize that, yes, this is really what we're dealing with. We're yeah. dealing with this issue of shame. Um, and, and that we are just loved by God and that he's called us and, and is equipping us, walking with us, um, to steward these little people who are also created by him, yeah. loved by him. Um, and so, yes, to, to separate out, you know, who I am, in God, <laughs> and then when we mess up, when we make mistakes, it's a mistake. We learn from it. We grow from it. We we move forward with it. We help our children learn from it. Um, and I think, in terms of dealing with guilt, apologize. <laughs> um, I think it's one of the hardest things for parents to do uh, to apologize for their own mistakes. Um, but it just shows us this authenticity. You know, I'm a human being who's trying to figure their way through life, and I'm doing this with you, and I love you, and, you know, God loves me, and I'm, I'm living. So, yes, That's guilt very versus shame. And that thing about guilt versus shame, and, and just the aspect of you mentioned, like, we have limitations. Yeah. There's only so much, and we are ourselves, and so often we can see our children oh. <laughs> in us, and that guilt can come out even more yes, in yes, that moment. yes. So, so practically, speaking with parents who, there's lots of stuff happening, <laughs> um, what kind of practical things do we help? So now we distinguish between guilt and shame. Mm. What kind of stuff can, can we do as parents to equip ourselves more? So I think we need to own our, our baggage. And we need Very to go good. deal with it. And however that looks like for you, if that's a conversation with a friend, conversation with uh, perhaps somebody on the pastoral team, maybe it is going for counseling and therapy and just working through the things that you are struggling with. Um, so just on a very practical level, um, you know, there's this word that's going around called self-care. Mm. <laughs> and we love it and what have you. And it's really not about like, oh, let's go pamper, you know, get our nails done, go play golf. That's good. And those can be helpful. But self-care is really, if you think about your car, you wouldn't drive to Johannesburg on an empty tank. Yeah. But yet, for some reason, in our parenting and our relationships, oh. we, we want to like go the distance yeah. Yeah. with no petrol. <laughs> and so self-care is really about what do I need to refresh and to refill uh, who I am so that I can give out of who I am to my family, to my children. And so that self-care is important. And self-care is on many different levels. So spiritually, we need to be caring for ourselves. Um, emotionally, we need to be caring for ourselves. Who are we connecting with? Who, who's helping to fill our love tank um, so that we can love our children? Um, who's helping me to fill my love tank so I can love the people in my life, my spouse, um, my family, my, my in-laws? My, you know, we, we need to be refilling and refueling. And um, who are your friends? Um, and then are you doing fun things that just bring out that, you know, when last did you have that little kid inside of you go like, yeah, I'm alive, um, you know, and doing those things that just really made you feel like you. If you go yeah, back to the good. last time you truly felt like yourself, what were you doing? You know, what are those things and, and getting back into that? Um, so for me, it's dancing and I am not going to break out and dance on the stage. I don't know why I didn't add that as one of my rapid fire questions. <laughs> Okay, secrets are coming out now. See, I feel very safe in this place. Um, (laughs) um, So I dance quietly in my room when nobody is home. (laughs) And I love it. Nobody will see it. it. Um, But that's my thing. That's what I love. So I make time um, to do that, to refill and to refresh. And then obviously physically, we need to be looking after ourselves physically. Um, You know, are we putting in good nutrition? Are we, you know, looking after our bodies? Um, You know, 
I don't have time to exercise, but I'm trying to make time to exercise because it's part of self-care. I need to refuel and refresh so I can just give out and be what I need to be in the space that I'm in. Very good. And that, that really is because the reality is that we live in such a pressure pot mm-hmm. at the moment in society, in, in the demands that we have mm-hmm. on life as parents, as family units. Yeah. There's so many demands. Very much um, so. And it's been highlighted even more with COVID. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think it's always been there, yeah. but the exposure is greater now in COVID. Very much so. And, and we're very wanting to get to the practical, the discipleship aspect mm. of, of this and everybody equipping. What would you give as some practical anchors yeah. as parents on how to create healthy rhythms mm. in your family dynamic? In, because remember, we spoke about principles. Yes. So, what are some of the things that we can deal with with the pressure that we deal in life? Cool. So I think the way that I work, and and obviously as a psychologist, my role is to be with whoever is with me in the room and to walk that journey with them. So each session is so unique to the person that I'm working with. But there's certain principles and dynamics that, like we said, anchors, things that can can hold us through whatever the various situations are. And so um, I was just thinking about what are some of the anchors as parents that we can hold on to, that when we look at various aspects, various challenges, we, we have something that you know, will help us to get where we need to go and give us some direction. So um, the first thing that for me I think of is conviction. What do we believe? And each family is going to have different values and different principles that they live by, things that are important to them. Um, And that's really important that we take some time to just stop and think, what are my values? What are our values as parents or as a family that we live by? You know, our, our, the things, the, the view that we take that actually guides us through everything that we do in our everyday life. Um, and so that conviction is so important. And uh, on the, the base verse that we started with today, for me and my life and my family, um, the first and foremost thing in our conviction is that Jesus is Lord. Yeah. And therefore, whatever it is that I want to value, whatever I believe, it needs to go through that. What do you Very say, good. Jesus? And how do I apply that into my life? Um, and even when I sit down in conversation with my husband about what are our values, there are certain things that are slightly more important to me than are to him. And we have to have these negotiations about what is valuable, what is important to us. Um, so taking time to just think about your convictions, think about your values um, and what that looks like for your family. Um, and then being cognizant. Um, Stopping and thinking and being aware. I think something that we we really need to be as parents, um, and this is just a great skill for any relationship, and relationships are already so complex, but this thing called self-awareness. Who am I? And what is going on inside of me? And how am I different to whoever I'm in relationship with. So it's this awareness of me and this awareness of you as two separate people. So... In, in our relationships with other people, but with our children. And, and like Daniel said, just another thing with children is, Yo, they're that mirror image of you. <laughs> and, and all those things that we work so hard to cover up, you can't with your child. They expose it. <laughs> but they are different to you. They are a different person. They are a unique individual. Um, and so we need to be aware that, you know, if they're having a tantrum, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's something wrong with you. Um, they could just be having big emotions. And so, again, that self-awareness of, like, I am me and you are you and we are actually distinct and individuals. And so time to just be aware, to think, to be cognizant of that. 
Um, and then these two I'm going to put together, but uh, connection and conversation. Um, it's so vital that, that, we, that there's connection. How, how are we connecting with our children at their different ages as they grow up, even into adulthood? Connection is what relationships are made yeah, of. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and so prioritizing and working towards a connection of how do I understand and get to know you deeper? Um, even you know, in any relationship. And, and conversations help to do that. Um, I asked the question earlier and I said, I'll put up my hand, but you don't have to because I already know the answer to this. But, you know, do we talk with our children or do we talk at our children? <laughs> you know? Um, and I know as a parent, it's like, you know, it's this and this and this and this. And my, my boys are like, but, my, but I'm, like, I'm talking here and this and this and this and this and this. And then eventually I can see that. Okay, fine. Now you may have your say. <laughs> but I've already just offloaded all of my thoughts and perspective. And actually when they talk, I'm like, Oh, you make a valid point there. <laughs> but, but conversation is about listening to understand, listening to know who you are, listening to how we can connect deeper. Um, and so that is those two together, just this connection, being together, spending time together, carving out time to just be with each other and conversating that we can understand and go deeper and, and become more intimate um, in our relationship of it, with each other, um, I think are two really um, but just important on that things. One. Um, because the reality is that you, you connect so differently mm. with younger in the different stages, and this really this conversation is not just for little people mm. and toddlers and that. It's it's, it's a, these principles are applicable to Everybody. any form of relationship mm. in actual fact. But we are focusing on parenting. How, please, when you this was when you connect with in some of the questions, how do you connect with a teenager who doesn't even want to look at you? Or you want to engage with you, or things are so embarrassing, and why are you talking to me? <laughs> now, we've yeah. all been there. We've all yeah. been teenagers, yeah. so we know what that's like. How do you broach that with an 18, 19, 20 year old? Very good. So, I think, again, when it comes down to connection and conversation, something that we love to do as parents is we want to eyeball. Like, <laughs> I sit here and you sit there and we eyeball each other, and Come now we chat. need to connect. Do you know how intimidating it is to eyeball somebody? <laughs> These masks are actually terrible and great at the same time because you can only look at people in their eyes. You can't really get clues or cues from anything else. Uh, and, and the phrase, you know, the, window, the windows are the eyes. What? The eyes are the windows into the yeah. Thank you. Please somebody say that correctly. <laughs> the eyes the window to the soul. So just think when you're eyeballing your, your teenager, yeah, so that's like deep and intimidating. So my, my suggestion is do something together um, that they enjoy. Connect on their level. Find out where they are at, um, what they enjoy, what what. what gets them excited and what gets them going, what they're always talking about. And get interested in that. If you become interested in what's interesting to them, you are connecting with them where they are at. That's an open door. And, and if you do things with them, that's where conversation then starts to flow because they feel the connectedness and connectedness leads to openness. So, so get interested with, your, with what your kids are doing, what your, your adult kids are doing. Um, and it might seem like really like, what is this anyway? You know, this game or, you know, this, this um, YouTube channel and like, what is this TikTok thing? Um, you know, when we start to just start living in their world and, and seeing where they're at and, and do things with them, um, it's, it creates just that safe space where we're connecting and then conversation can Very flow good, from you. that. 
Yeah. Okay, continue cool. with your C's. Sorry. Oh, yes. Oh, we're only there. Yes. Okay, the next two also go together choices and consequences. Um, and I think this is really important in parenting that we, we really need to help our, our children, no matter what age they are, to just understand this thing of choices and consequences. Yeah. No matter what issue we are facing, one of the most powerful tools we have is the fact that we are able to choose. We are able to respond. Um, and so choices are so vital. We, we need to help our kids to like actually be you know, thinking through the information that's coming at them. And information is coming at a mile a second. Um, and so there's all of this information, and we need to help them to, to actually learn, how do I listen to all these voices and then sit and think it through? Critical thinking. Um, actually, actually, that should also be a C on here. Critical thinking. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> sorry, my academic brain just got like on a, on a bit of a detour there. Um, <laughs> and citing sources and all that. Um, but yeah, it's just really being critical of like, what is this information that's coming on and weighing it up against conviction at the top there? Um, what's being said? How do I think about it? And what are the consequences of this? Um, what are the pros and the cons? But also, what are short-term versus long-term consequences? If I'm going to do something now... Okay, yes, there's positives and negatives. But if I have to wait or delay or say no to this, what am I saying yes to later? That's even better. Um, and so this, this whole thing of, of helping them to learn how to critically think and be able to make decisions, allowing them opportunity to make decisions, and then allowing those consequences. And our role initially with younger children is that we need to confine those consequences. Um, you know, I want my children to learn how to be safe on the road. I'm not putting them in my car and letting them drive down the highway at eight years old. <laughs> that is irresponsible parenting and you need consequences if you do that. But um, I can help them. I can point out. I can teach. I can show them. And then I can give it to them in a way that they understand. So when we're walking in the car park um, or when we're crossing the street to get to school, um, giving them those opportunities to then practice, to experience, to learn about safety in safe places, um, you know, at the home or what have you. So whatever it is that you're teaching them in terms of the choices and the values, allowing them to practice and then experience consequences of their choices um, and helping them to then establish that over the long term. So it's developing principles. So in our house, responsibility is one of my values. We need to take responsibility for what's ours. And so picking up toys is not about a chore. It's about looking after what has been given to you to be responsible with it. So if you can't look after what you've got, you shouldn't have it. Um, and so then we have timeouts for the toys <laughs> where they can't play with them for a certain amount of time and they feel the consequence of their poor decision when they haven't been responsible. So that's in that area. And then the last one I would say is consistency. Anything we do regularly becomes reality. Um, and so we need to be consistent. We need to, whatever we say, we need to stick to. We, we need to make it a habit, something that's a part of everyday life. Developing rhythms and routine, it, it makes things real um, and, and accessible in our lives. It gives us a sense of stability. Um, one of the things that COVID has done and thrown us all out is our rhythms. You know, that wake up, go to work, come home. Now everything's all piggledy piggledy and together and on top you know my workspace is also my dining space is also the homework space is also the you know speak to the family space and so 
when we, when we have rhythms and routines, it just creates this, this sense of stability. Consistency is just something that we all love as human beings because it makes us feel safe, makes our children feel safe. doesn't matter how old they are. Christmas, Christmas lunch is one of those stabilizing factors in my life. Um, I look forward to it every year because it's something I can almost bank on. It's, it's a stability factor no matter what is going on. Family dinners can be that. Um, homework time at a certain time or you know Sunday afternoons is game board game day that's connection time you doesn't matter how old you are, you can bank on it you arrive on a Sunday we're all playing board games so whatever's going on in your life there's a stabilizing factor so consistency and part of consistency for me is also just being authentic yeah. you can't be one thing here and one thing here and another very, thing very there so being consistently who you are um, in your everyday in your parenting in your social media <laughs> You know, very to be good. consistent. Yeah, so those very, are my very, very good C's. And, and I think, and it probably could overflow so well into to the next um, two questions, actually, about this thing of um, we live in such an overly sexual mm. world. Like everything, you're bombarded with sexual mm. stuff. Um, from sexuality to, to, to just even the topic of sex. Mm. Um, try and put a program on that's okay for a family to watch. You're very limited. Um, no 15-year-old wants to watch Paw Patrol. But that's <laughs> essentially the safest thing to watch. Um, even Peppa Pig's not safe. Anyway, um, but we, it's just coming everywhere at us. Yeah. It's like bombarded. And I think um, even from the aspect of like broaching this conversation with a little one, but also when hormones are raging with teenagers yeah. and how, how do we deal with this mm-hmm. thing of let's talk about sex yeah, yeah. very cool um, so I think I'm going to start with um, you know we speak about teenagers and hormones and you know that is usually when we realize you're we, we need to be talking about this topic <laughs> but actually this is something we can start talking to about our kids from very young already. Um, and what's really important is that we, we just tailor it to their age group and, and what it is that they're able to understand. Um, I remember reading a joke um, and the mom, mom was asked, you know, where do I come from? And so she went on that whole conversation of where do you come from? And like after a while, the kid's like, no, we like just moved a month ago. Like where, do we, where, where did we come from? Okay, so that, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Just wherever your kids are at, that's where you got to pitch it. But if we go back to those C's, and this is why principles are so important or anchors are so important, because we can always go back to the anchor and then guide our way along this. Um, I'm sorry, I think in pictures, and, and now I'm getting a slightly distracted. Um, but I did a diving course many years ago, and at some point in the dive, in the water was really murky, and, and I got quite panicky because I couldn't see the rest of the team that was diving with me, and I lost my dive buddy, which happened to be my husband. Oh, and in this ooh. panic, I'm like, I'm going to die course. under the water. And... Um, Number one, then I realized we're diving in a lake, so you actually can't really go anywhere. <laughs> Just go up and find the earth and find the land. Um, but the second thing that was really helpful is that there was this cable under the water that we could follow. Okay, so this is why conviction being at the first one is that cable that you can hold on to no matter when it's all murky you can follow that and so when it comes to sexuality we have to go back to what are our convictions on this and I can't prescribe what the convictions are that you need to have in this this is something that we need to wrestle with personally so for me um, 
I've made the decision to make Jesus my Lord. Therefore, my convictions are that he prescribes what that realm looks like. Every area, I need to go back to God. What are you saying? What does this look like? How do I respond to this? So conviction is so important. For each family, those convictions are going to be different. So... So coming to conviction and saying, this is what we believe about, this is what I believe as an individual about this, and this is what I'm going to be teaching into my family about this. Um, Am I aware (laughs) of what I believe? Am I aware of what other people believe? Am I aware of the stuff that my kids are actually facing? Um, Have I spent time listening? And I'm quite a, like, this topic does not scare me which is probably good in the profession that I'm in um, because I need to not be surprised when things come out. (laughs) So I'm pretty pretty knowledgeable about stuff I would prefer not to be knowledgeable about. Um, (laughs) But I've even attended talks on people that are more knowledgeable and it's like, yo, this is getting even more complicated that even my hairs are starting to stand up. And so, so just are we aware um, are, are we taking time to figure out and hear what, what are the conversations going on? What are our kids exposed to? What are they listening to? Connection and conversation. Having those conversations with our kids from young. So we made a decision that this is not going to be a topic that's going to be hidden in the dark. Because anything that's hidden away causes the secrecy and secrecy leads to shame. I need to hide. And when we hide, we, we disconnect. Um, then we're alone, then we're isolated, then we feel we don't belong. It's like there's this just ripple effect. So anything that needs to be kept secret leads to shame and disconnect and isolation. And so this is a topic that we wanted to bring out into the open since our kids were tiny. And on their level, um, their bodies, how, how special their bodies are, because our body houses who we are. So we need to take care of our bodies because we're taking care of us. Part of taking care of our body is we cover up certain spaces. Um, so you can run around naked in our house and dance and, you know, go wild and I chase them back to their room. But this is a safe place where you're loved as you are and looked after. But outside of the space, it's not that safety. Therefore, we must protect. So we use our clothes. So, so on that level, we, we've been speaking into it. Um, just the, this idea of, of intimacy and connectedness um, that's a deeply beautiful gift. It could, can be a deeply beautiful gift. It can be incredibly painful and, and, and sure, cause huge, huge ramifications and brokenness. Um, and, and so we, we need to be aware that this is the reality of it. But what I want to teach my children is that it can be a beautiful, beautiful yeah. gift of intimacy, of connectedness, of somebody knowing who you are like nobody else knows you. Um, it, it, it's, this, it's this bond. <laughs> and that is worth protecting over the long term. Um, and so if I can, if that is my conviction, if I can help them to understand that and help them grow and develop um, in that thinking, then that'll come down to their choices and consequences. When they have to weigh up everything that's been thrown at them, when they weigh up the consequences of their actions one day, and I've helped them to think through critically and, and teach them the skills in other areas, so when they have to make decisions as you know, young men... What will they weigh up there? What are the pros and the cons they're going to be weighing up? What is the short term versus the long term that they're going to be weighing up? What is it that they actually want out of this this thing yeah. called sexuality? Um, and so then the consistency as well. Something that we, we constantly talk through. Um, it's in conversation whenever I can. 
um, movies that come up, conversations at the moment. There's love triangles going on in the grade two class. So we talk about relationships. <laughs> you know, we talk about saving kisses. <laughs> Mommy only right now. Um, <laughs> um, we, we talk about respect. How do we respect other people? I'm raising young men. How do we respect women? Um, you know, so, so it's, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing development. And even if you haven't had the chance to start at a young age, and maybe now it's like, well, I have teenage kids or preteen kids or, you know, creating that conversation and just opening it up, you know, starting with maybe relationship, connectedness, being known, intimacy, and then working our way into the physical um, with young kids who want to be concrete because that's what they understand. And as we get older into our teen years and adult years, we can understand the abstract. So wherever your child's at, pitch it at their level where they are. Um, and then it just it's opening that door. It's, it's slowly bringing it out into the open for conversation. Very good. And yes. Very good. And I know that one of the things that we keep hearing is about peer pressure that uh, children are facing. Yep. And that links with the thing about sex. Mm. It's a pressure that they succumb to yeah. because that's what we see all the time. That's acceptable. That's what mm. you do. And, and friends put pressure on. But there's peer pressure, but there's also parent pressure. Mm. That parents feel under the pressure. Um, and this one's about this whole thing of technology like social media what is appropriate like when can you see that things have gone pear-shaped with your teenager and you're like you can't go time out with the toys anymore (laughs) and it's like because the reality is that technology is in our face everywhere and it's an incredible gift i love technology i love being able to have stuff like us but there's a lot of pressure Mm, and as parents you go like but they need to have a phone. They need to have that. And then you look back and you're like, maybe it was too soon. Or mm-hmm. like there's consequences now because of mm-hmm. what they've got involved mm-hmm. into. Um, so what's happening with pedophiles and that and what our kids are exposed to yeah. from other boys and uh, girls and everything, it's insane. Yes. How do we much. deal with this whole topic of this approach to technology? Very much. So I also love technology. I have a love-hate relationship with technology. Hence why like, social media was not on my list. <laughs> um, so I think once again, I'm just going to keep coming back to those C's and, and just like, again, anchors that can help us to navigate technology. Um, and so starting again with beliefs and conviction. What are your values as a family when it comes to even technology? Um, so in our house, one of our phrases is that people are more important than screens because that is our conviction. People are more important than the things that we can create. Um, And so you need to stop watching so that you can focus and listen on whoever's talking to you. Um, Especially when the grandparents call, um, we live away from them. Um, And so my kids would choose a TV over anything in life. (laughs) That is their happy place. Um, And so it's like, no, you stop the screen, people are more important than screens. So we've, we've started with a conviction um, around that. Um, another thing that I think is just really important is, you know, it's a good thing, but it can't be our everything, yeah. all right? Um, and so we watched a movie a little while back, and I can never remember its name, um, but basically the, the robots take over the world. It's not iRobot, it was a kid's movie. Um, and they take over the world, and the cell phone rules the world and what have you, and then they turn off the Wi-Fi, and all the people go, Wah! 
And it was so funny because that is so true in our house. That's us. It's true in everyone's house, I'm sure. Wi-Fi's down. So I'm going on a digress again. We moved to Port Alfred and there is no fiber. Sure. Okay, it's out there now. Right. <laughs> I feel much better. Okay, we have a session now, quickly. Can we deep I, just need, I, just, like, I just need to get it off my chest. We do not have fiber. Okay, so technology is a good thing, but it cannot be our everything. Um, and so, again, that's just a principle and a conviction, um, like in our family. Um, so once we understand like what it is that we believe about this, then we can work through the process of working through with our children and helping them, thinking through what, what, what's going on in this situation. Let, let's critically think and, and understand where am I at, where, am they, why, where are they at. Uh, at. Um, I'm running out of words. <laughs> so you mentioned the pressure. Why do kids feel pressure to have a cell phone? Because if you don't have the cell phone, you can't be connected. And if you're not connected, you don't belong. And if you don't belong, yeah. you're unloved. Yeah. There's something wrong with me. Yeah. So the issue is not even the technology or the phone. The issue is this need for belonging. Yeah. It's a deep issue. So when, when we become aware of what the issue is, yeah. we can then connect with our children. Uh, um, understand where they're at help them to understand and process where they're at have those conversations those open conversations like what, what is actually the issue under the issue um, let, let's dig into this and then we can go into those choices and consequences well let's talk about the cell phone so yes my grade 2 asked me the other day when does he get a cell phone <laughs> and because responsibility is something important to us and I'd ask them, I'm like, you can't even look after your 50 rand toy. <laughs> Do you think it's a good idea that I give you a 10,000 rand toy? Technically, it's not a toy, it's a work device. But, we, you know, so even in that conversation, he's like, mm, no. And I'm like, so he made the choice, I'm not ready for this. Um, because of the conversations and convictions we've had on responsibility. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's helping to process, like, how do I take this and then go into that choices and consequences? How do I help my teen or my tween to understand what's really happening in this world? And the reality is, is that the World Wide Web, it is a world. Um, it is the world of human imagination. Yeah, yeah. You know, think about everything that goes on in your mind that you know nobody knows. <laughs> That's all been channeled into these things that we have access to every single person in this world's mind. Yeah, it's scary. From the absolute beautiful love and creativity to absolute brokenness and depravity. That's what we have access to through our devices. Um, how do we help our children to navigate that? As much as we teach them safety physically with people, you know, stranger danger, crossing the road, you know, whatever, we need to be aware that they're engaging in a real world through these devices with real people. And so helping them to, to learn how to, how to safely navigate that. Um, and we have great friends and, you know, they had to have a conversation with their teenager about games that he was playing and, and the, at the end of that day uh, or at the end of those periods of play that you know, this aggression would come out and he wasn't a nice person and helping him to see, you know, this is the choice, but this is the consequence. And are you happy to live in this space? But then if not, we need to change the choice so we have a different consequence. Um, you know, if, if you want to have real friends 
in real life and have a good relationship one day. You can't just relate via text messaging, like boyfriends and girlfriends, husbands and wives. We cannot have a good relationship just through text messaging. There is more to relationship. Um, And so if we want a better end, we need to change the start point. So just working that through with them and helping them think and then remaining consistent in it. Um, My problem is I give my kids deadlines because I know over two hours and my boys turn into monsters. One, they're hangry and two, they've been overstimulated and they don't know what to do with themselves. Um, So I say one hour boys and then we're done. And then two hours later I realize, ooh, (laughs) it's two hours later and I've been busy on my stuff. Um, And then the fight ensues. Um, But being consistent. So helping perhaps get those um, screen time devices are great uh, where it limits you and you're like, okay, I can handle 20 minutes of scrolling through Facebook before I become completely depressed that the world is falling apart. (laughs) So I need to limit it to 15 minutes. (laughs) Uh, or whatever it might be. So having those things, maybe for children, it's putting a timer on or teenagers saying, hey guys, from 7.30, it's a no no screen time time and we're going to start like, you know, connect before bed, have a conversation or just do what you want to do, yoga, um, you know, stretch it out, uh, (laughs) whatever it might be. Um, But yes, just remaining consistent um, in whatever it is that we are working through with our kids in that specific space in technology. Very good. And these, the, I absolutely love these seven, these seven anchors, um, and we are going to have them available. And we also have um, really great resources that Jen has has said. Like these are great resources. Like even the one that you mentioned about how to deal with social media, the, that app that's there. That's great advice on how to do things. And you can go onto our website on upcoming up, and you'll see there's a link, and we will email you a one pager with all the different stuff as parents that. You you can go to and it's applicable from young all the way to yeah. to older adults even children and so it's applicable so once you do that our team will email it to you and you can have that one pager but the last question that I want to ask you as we as we come to to wrap it up um, in your profession as an educational psychologist and been doing this for some time now um, when you sit in with families um, and you've shared some of the very challenging spaces that you've had to deal with and sitting with kids and that what do you feel is your what is your biggest challenge or concern that you're experiencing right now that in this moment you can share with us because I I know and you've mentioned it in your professional um, space you have to sit with them but in this space now you are a psychologist, but also you carry God's authority in his word. What would you share with our parents of what you've seen that you can encourage us? So I think the, the biggest things that, that I see when people come and see me as a psychologist, um, for parents, they worry about their children's futures. Yeah. You know? In the world that we live in today, will, will my children be okay? Is there a future for my children? Um, and so that is one of the biggest weights and burdens um, that I think parents carry. Will, will my kids be okay? Um, and how do I help them? Um, so, so that's the one. And then for children, um, I think for all of us, <laughs> but for kids especially, there, there's just these, these things that they're, they're struggling with. Um, and it really comes down to these questions like, who am I? And, you know, um, do I belong? Am I okay? Do, am I loved? Um, 
what what is what is the point in my life or what what's my purpose yeah. um, and so it's it's these things that I think really just speak to the, the heart of every human really um, the surface issues are surface issues but underneath every surface issue there's always this question of identity who am I and then value am I loved am I enough to be loved um, and then purpose like what am I here for and, and what is the point of my life and what am I supposed to do um, and I think as, as parents we feel that for our children we can see it and we don't always have the words but that when we look at our kids struggles that's what they're dealing with that's what we deal with because we're humans right. and so I think you know as, as a psychologist the realm that I work in um, the individual stories people that I sit down with in my office and that very personal journey that we work together with it, it's a head and, and it's a heart place it's the emotions and the thinking and, and the body sometimes we have to just deal with our bodies um, but there's this deeper level this, this level the spiritual level of who we are and those aspects really only God can speak into and only he can really define and shape and fill those needs for us, those deep questions. Um, and when I think as parents, my encouragement um, would be from Ephesians 5. And Paul is speaking in chapter 4, and he speaks about um, our love for Christ and how we, how we need to love one another. Um, we submit to one another in reverence for Christ. And then he speaks to wives, to husbands, to children, and then to parents, and then to employers and employees. And in every relationship, how we respond to each other because of our love for Christ. And to parents, he, he, he speaks to them and he says that our role is um, to lovingly discipline our children that brings out the revelation of Christ. Our role as parents, as as we submit these things to Jesus to speak into our lives about who we are and our value and our purpose, that we help guide our children towards him. That's that's really it. And, And for me, one of the prayers that I just pray over my children when they're sleeping at night and I just walk into the room and I love just watching them and, you know, touching their beautiful faces and I just pray and I'm like, God, number one, just protect them from me. Because <laughs> I am broken and I'm going to mess up somewhere and I'm going to hurt Amen. them in some way or another. Um, you know, and we were joking just now <laughs> with someone, but, you know, I did offer for my child to go and see a therapist already. So, you know, um, <laughs> just protect them from me and my brokenness. But... Um, that God, that they would know you, that they would have an intimate relationship with you, Jesus, because as much as I love them, as much as I want the best for their futures, as much as, oh, I would do anything for them, how much more do you? They are your children, they are your beloved, and if they can just know you, no matter what they go through, that is the anchor that will keep them through. When I can't be there, Jesus, you are. Um, what I cannot do, Jesus, you can do. And if they can just know you deeply and intimately and personally, I, I know that they will be okay. And so for me, that is my prayer for my children because he is the loving father. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and I, I said it, um, the really, like the purpose of today's conversation and with Jen was to be able to create that safe space. And why we said there's no perfect parents because you heard the message. There's no condemnation. There's there's no. 
and, and we might carry stuff of I wish we did it differently or, or maybe it feels like it's too late um, it's never too late with God really and our loving father it will always be faithful even if you think but you have no idea our circumstance that we're dealing with you have no idea what we're facing God is still faithful and my, my prayer and um, and I believe I pray because Jen and I have had lots of conversations for this for today is that as parents you would choose hope mm. but today you would walk away and go I'm just I'm going to choose hope mm. what can you do pray never cease praying never cease praying for your child and that they would know that you are that safe space for them mm-hmm. and, and why we keep coming back down to this very thing of come back to God come back to God parents come back to God mm-hmm. seek him because Psalm 127 verse 1 says that uh, unless the Lord builds a house the builder's work is useless we, we can give you, we can inundate you with information. Trust me, Jen can give us so much stuff and say, do this, do that, focus on this, do this, all of this stuff. It's great resources. But unless God builds our families, he's our source. He's our anchor. Why is a church we're going, we're going to invest in this. We're going to get people who have got the degrees and understanding because we don't have it all. I've only got a three-year-old. I'm still on this journey. <laughs> oh, I'm like, can you, can other people, because we so believe in, in our heart, and my heart, is, as your past says, that as parents we will succeed because the devil wants to destroy family units, wants to put that guilt on you, that shame, that you're not good enough, that you've messed up. And yet God comes and says, you are enough. We sang those words, you are enough, you will always be enough. And that's a message I want you to hear. And we're going to pray. I ask Jen to stay with me as we, we're going to pray together for our parents. And if you're here with your family members, I encourage you, you're allowed to hold each other's hands in this season. <laughs> hold each other's hands. We're just going to lift right now in this moment. We're going to pray to God and just ask him to meet us where we are. And as, as parents, we want to pray a blessing. And I'm asking Jen to, to pray for our parents first, and then I'll close up in prayer. Lord God, I just want to thank you that you are the one who created family. Your word says that you put the lonely in family. God, I thank you, Lord, that just as a church, God, this is family. This is a safe place. It's a place where we can come with all our brokenness and just come before you and know that we are deeply loved, Lord God. Lord God, I want to pray for each parent here, Lord God. Your word says that every family bears the name of God. Lord God, I thank you that you are with them. Lord God, you, you want to be a part of this journey with them, Lord God. And I, and I thank you and I pray that as they open up their hearts to you, Lord God, you will begin to speak into them. Yes, First, Lord God, that, that you love them. Lord God, that you are enough and they are enough in you. Lord God, that they will just feel your peace. Lord God, that where they are at, you are here. And where they are going, you are already there. Lord God, that they can just put off the burden of the future, Lord God, onto you, Lord God. Lord God, I just want to pray, Lord God, that where there has been brokenness and pain, Lord God, I pray that you will begin to restore. 
Lord God, you will, yes, you will bring each family member back towards each other, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that there will be a restoration, Lord God, in the relationship and connection, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for the strength and the, the courage, Lord God, to ask for help, Lord God. We, we, we don't have to parent alone, Lord God, but we can be a part of a community, Lord God, of people who come alongside us. I pray, Lord God, for the courage to reach out and say, help me be with us be in this journey with me. God, I want to pray for the children, Lord God, no matter how old they are, adults right through to tiny tots, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that your spirit would be with them, Lord God, that they may grow in wisdom and stature and favor with you, Lord God, and favor with man, Lord God. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, that you are here and you are with each one, Lord God. Lord God, I pray for wisdom, Lord God, in our parents, Lord God. I pray for strength, Lord God, for conviction, Lord God, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that ultimately, Lord God, that we would just be a reflection of your love through our families in Jesus' name. And as we continue to pray, I want to pray for a group of people who may be in this space that, yeah, COVID, haven't been in church, you feel so disconnected and that your relationship with God and we're talking about parenting and you just think to yourself, I'm far away. And we spoke about that we impress on our children and you feel, I can't speak about God. Can I tell you the beautiful truth? is that this morning God invites you to come back. And the most beautiful thing is, you don't have to come and try and convince and do this. And uh, All you need to do is say, God, today I'll come back to you. And he longs for you because he's our heavenly father. We've been adopted into his family and he longs, longs for you to want him. And that's you saying, Daniel, my heart has grown cold. I've, I've lost my way but today I want to come back. All eyes are closed. I want to know who I'm praying for. You saying, I want to, I just, I need to recommit again. I want you to lift your hand so I can see who I'm praying for and just say, that's me. That's me. I, I've lost my way and I need to come back. Father, in this moment, I thank you that we can come and I, and I want you just to say this prayer. Father God, here I am. I admit that I have lost my way, but today, I confess I need you. And so from this day forward, I'm following you. I'm coming back to you. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you that we are reminded again that you are indeed building your church. And so God, as your people, we come to you. Surrendered lives. And all God's people say together, Amen. 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 Come on, let's give God praise.